In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the challenges of raising a teenager. And whether you have a teenager currently or you have a teenager on the way, we're going to give you some real clear steps and tips on how to have the relationship that you want to have with your teenager. Welcome to the Art of Raising Humans. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sarah. And first we want to say happy Mother's Day. You know, this should be dropping yes. the day after Mother's Day. Yes. I Happy hope your Mother's, Mother's Day. Day has gone fantastic. <laughs> we'll find out since we're recording this a few weeks before Mother's Day. But I hope all the moms listening to this podcast um, had moments of real joy and really, really felt celebrated and loved by their kids and families. And for any of you where that wasn't happening, we want to tell you we appreciate you and the job yeah. you do as a mother. Yeah. It's a difficult we, job. Well, yeah. Yeah. We are there with you. We support you. We want to encourage you. We value the work that you're doing. In today's episode, Sarah and I spent some time discussing ways to improve your relationship with your teenager. But you know what's really going to help your relationship with your teenager is we've got a fantastic course called How to Communicate and Understand Your Teenager. And you can go to the website at www.parentinglegacy.com and you get over 90 minutes worth of info to really help you be able to navigate the difficulties of those teenage years. And so I'd encourage you to go there today and get the course or share the course with with a friend, buy the course as a, as a gift for them because it will exponentially help you reconnect with your teenager and better understand what they're going through and really hand-in-hand co-create this experience with them. Well, I like the word you said, encourage, because today we want to talk about some of the challenges mothers might have faced. <laughs> Dads, too, on Mother's Day because we want to talk about the challenges of raising a teenager. Yes. We want to spend this podcast today just giving you some some maybe new ways of thinking and understanding what it's like, the uniqueness of this stage, you know? Very um, unique. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what would you say is unique about it? Because I know every stage has its own uniqueness, but I think the teenage years in particular can cause a lot more fear than all the other ones. So what, what's unique for you, Sarah, about raising yeah. a teenager? You know, I, well, a little, little background to that. I feel like every time I remember having our first infant, And I sort of started to feel a few weeks in that I was getting it down, the whole feeding and all of that. And then some new developmental stage hits and all that's out the window and you're doing now it's this new stuff. And then and it keeps going in life where where you okay now we're dealing with keeping you away from touching electrical outlets or keeping you safe on the playground. And then it's navigating friendships and school and learning and and things are always changing and changing and changing. And then the teenage years hits and it feels like that might be the biggest change. Mm, yeah. And and that one, even though I don't know how many teens I've worked with, I don't know how many parents I've talked to about teenagers, loads and loads, all the classes and trainings and everything. And it's still my own personal experience of the teen years where they're they're finding themselves and they're kind of pulling away and the relationship does a complete flip in this way mm. I've never experienced before. Yeah. yeah. And after 13 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> of kind of them pursuing you, mm-hmm. it really shifts. The, mm-hmm. Some of the dynamics yeah. in the relationship really shift. And even though I think I prepare and I've thought about it and all this stuff, 
it still is is quite an experience to walk through. Yeah, I think you said that well. And there's a lot more serious consequences too during this stage, you know? Yeah. It seems like a lot of the stuff you just explained, um, it does, I think, elicit more fear because the negative outcomes are just so much more apparent, you know? It isn't just falling down and scraping your knee. Mm-hmm. It's like demolishing a car. <laughs> possibly kill. You know, it is, well, you know, oh, right. flunking out of school and not getting into college and things like that. The right? consequences are so much greater. If I yeah. hit my friend because they took my car yeah. when I'm little versus the kind of fights and the kind of things that happen are on a bigger scale, a scarier scale. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, because you, and especially in our adult brains, you know, we see it, we've seen it happen to other people. And so our brains can go, look at the choices they're making. Look what's happening right now. What could happen? You know, this can lead to this really scary place. Well, I know something we try to do that's unique about our podcast um, is we don't just want to talk about just the experience of raising the teenager, you know, in in regards to just having that teenager, but also the experience within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think what you're saying is we also are kind of replaying how we were raised as a teenager, right? So so it is very much those fears, I think, are even more um, like urgent and more in our face because with our own parents, they also felt that same fear, you know, that they mm-hmm. also were probably more stressed and more, you know, the, the, the conflicts were just bigger and scarier for them as well. So sometimes we're reliving that same story with our own kids. We are the, the our own experiences, our own experiences from our childhood always are a paradigm that we're working through when we're raising our children. They always impact how we interact with our children. And the teenage years are not an exception to that. Maybe in some ways they really shine in those in those moments because the rather maybe you had a really conflictual relationship with your parent in the teenage Mm -hmm. years. And so that's always in your, it's ever present in your mind as you're interacting with your child and thinking, Oh no, they're pulling away like I did, or, Oh no, look, we're fighting just like what happened with me and my mom. And, and, and so that's there, even if you feel like you, you know, we're always trying to work that stuff out. I don't know if we ever arrive at some totally whole place, but we're always hoping to heal and grow, but it's still there. It's like Mm -hmm. kind of in the back Mm -hmm. of your mind. You know, I I don't want these things, these things that happen to me or these choices I made. I don't want my child. I want to save them from that. I I, I love them and I want to see an easier road. Maybe I'm afraid they're going to have sex too early or they're going to experiment with substances or alcohol or things like that. School problems. Friendship issues. Bullying, anything like that. You start to worry Mm -hmm. that that'll, that'll be the path they're on and you want so desperately to save them from the aches and the pains and the and the troubles that you went through. Yeah. And and I want to ask you just listeners, just even what are your biggest fears about the teenage years? Even for those of you who have teenagers and those of you who don't have teenagers, but you know they're growing into that stage. Um, well, what are your biggest fears going into that? I know the ones that I hear real common, Sarah, I'd love to hear yours, is a lot of times I hear in session when I'm helping teenagers is the parents are so afraid of losing the relationship. You know, they're afraid that this closeness they once had is going to go away. The kid's going to go to college or move away and they'll never be close again. And almost every time that's followed up with just like me and my dad or just like me and my mom, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, they're really afraid that, that they will never, ever really know their kid the way they did before. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one that came to mm -hmm, my mind too. mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of other real common Mm -hmm. ones, but I feel like that ultimately that's our heart walking around out there, you know, and, and we want that closeness and, and everything's changed so much the way they're talking to us and the way that we're relating to them Mm -hmm. has shifted. And it takes, 
it's a little hard to catch up, to keep up with the changes at that age. Yeah. So there's that distance. I think another fear is that they'll just make these mistakes that just can't be can, you will, can never come back from that will go you know? with them for the rest of their yeah, lives. They, they'll, they'll, yeah. I mean, even something as big as addiction, they might get really addicted to something mm-hmm. like pornography or drugs or alcohol, mm-hmm. but then they'll also make mistakes relationship wise or academic wise or mm-hmm. those kind of things. Or another one is maybe they, because of the distance in the relationship, I haven't, I have, I failed them in giving them the necessary skills that I wish I would have had you know, going into adulthood. And so they feel this pressure to like, just, you know, force feed the kid. (laughs) I've got four years left. I got to like force feed you all of these things. You know, I I need to make you eat healthy, make you understand how important exercise is and good sleep habits and, you know, all these kinds of things. So now is every listener feeling some anxiety (laughs) and stress? Yes. Now that we've laid all that out there, it's like, Well, so the question I wrote down, I'd love listeners to think about is how do you imagine it will be? Like even think about even as your kids are going into this year, or even as they are, if they're really young, how do you imagine the teen years? Because I know when we were, before we even had kids, the common thing I'm sure people talk about is just, oh, the teen years. It's it's almost like the terrible twos, you know? Yeah. Like you hear the oh, terrible twos. Yeah, like, oh, the t- mm-hmm. I mean, when they're teenagers, just get through it. Just endure it. Yeah. And the kids hear that a lot. I know Dr. Dan Siegel has a book um, called Brainstorm where he talks about kids hear this a lot of just, just get through those years, like mm-hmm. 13 to 18. You just got to mm-hmm. endure it with them. And then hopefully come out on the other side better. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then the kid almost buys into that too, that these years have to be really, really bad and a yeah. lot of fighting and arguing. And in order to be independent, I have to push my parents away. Well, I think it's really important to, I think sometimes we give a um, five seconds of thought to what we think about the teen years, but I actually think it's important to either sit and write it down or sit with the other parent or a good friend or something and really kind of talk it out. because. A lot of times we'll sort of mindlessly or in this blind way of going through these years or these these things. And maybe because it's hard to actually think about, you know, to face your fears or yeah. face your belief systems and, and things that happened. But we actually need to turn in that direction because those things really impact how we parent. So we want to sit and write it out. We want to talk it out because we want to bring light to it. And the more we talk about it and write about it, those little hidden areas that, you know, you when you're writing or talking yep. and you have that moment of like, oh, I didn't even know I thought that. Exactly. Or yeah. that is yeah. a real fear of mine. Yeah. All of a sudden the tears start to flow or mm-hmm. something. We totally. want to get that out yeah. there because it, it actually gives it less power. Yeah. When it stays hidden, we're actually acting out of that space, uh-huh. but we're not even aware of it. And I think it's confusing to the kid because the kid thinks all this emotion is about them. And really it's about the parent going through this story. Yeah, it you is know? sort of, yeah, we have our own triggers and traumas and in mm-hmm. trauma, even just a stressful relationship with my sure. parent yeah, during yeah, yeah, the yeah, teen yeah, years, yeah. whatever it might be, could be really great and a really scary, horrible thing. It could be a minor thing, but those things all play in. So we want to bring those things to light yeah. so that we can, now that we can make it all perfect, let's go get healing, talk to somebody. If it's something, you know, we really want to work through it and and heal ourselves and work through ourselves. You know, we yeah. talk about that yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of this parenting piece is what's going on inside yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah. It's less about our kid and really what's going on inside of us. We want to work through it, but at the very least, we want to be aware of it. So when we have these little moments, we can go, oh, 
I think that has something to do with what's going on yes. right now yeah, in this yeah, moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it gives it less power. It also gives it context. I think mm-hmm. it helps the kid have context of why you seem so scared of this or why you're so energized and triggered by this thing I did is when the parent goes, yeah, this is, this is the story I'm telling myself about this, or this was my experience. And I can do it in a way not to say, so this is your experience, but I can just mm-hmm. open-handedly look at it with the kids. So the kid better understands where I'm coming from and why, why it's so hard for me to imagine a different outcome, you know, because the only outcome that parent knows is this negative outcome that when I made those choices, this is what happened. And, and the, yeah. the, the kid is, the kid is feeling this, like, I'm not you. Like I, I mm-hmm. my choices don't have, I don't live in the same world you lived in. I, I live in a different time, a different place. And all of that's true. And it doesn't negate the wisdom the parent might have because of what they've been through. But if fear is at the, at the core of it, it, it's almost like fear will predict it has to happen the same way it happened to me. Yeah. And that's going to make you more controlling and more scared and more angry and more demanding. Yeah. There's just a different way wisdom is shared too. Yeah. I think that sometimes that's why our kids can almost hear it from someone Mm -hmm. else. You can say the same thing. That coach will come in and say something. Right. Mm -hmm. You you know, and you think, I have said that to you 10 times. You've all felt that, haven't you? Yes. Uh Yeah. And sometimes we just need a different person Uh saying uh the same thing to Uh us. But sometimes it's because the coach can just say it. Uh And there's not all this energy behind it because the coach isn't worried and doesn't have all this, the same stuff going on. Yeah. And so when you say it, even if you can't identify it, even if your child doesn't doesn't know what happened in your life, they can feel that because it still is playing a part in the words and in your body language and in your facial expressions. Even though we try to hide it sometimes from our kids, it leaks out Mm -hmm. and they feel it. And there's this pushback that wants, you just want to push back from something like that. This is more about you and not about Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm. Even though you're you're trying to help me here, I can feel this. Ugh, going yeah, on yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the, a lot of times the kids will say, that it seems like the way you're helping me is by stopping me from doing stupid things. And like the goal is for you to stop me from making these mistakes. Instead, mm-hmm. of, instead of thinking that maybe I could be making informed choices. Maybe I have thought about this thing, you know? And I think the kid also, at least the teenagers I've talked to, Sarah, they know they need that guidance. Like they know they actually need people to help them. They're, they're, they're not, yeah. they're not so arrogant. I mean, I know they can present that way as mm-hmm. I know everything. It's a real common mm-hmm. thing, but they aren't so arrogant to believe that they really do know everything. I mean, they know there's a lot they don't know, but it's almost, they feel like the only way to be independent is to push you away. Yeah. Even the help you're offering because the help seems tainted. The help some, somehow seems to be tied in to the story that you just said, that the story within the parents and, and the kids saying that isn't my story. Don't make your story, my story, you know? Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that that's the real trick. And that, that to me goes into the idea of the kid. Yes, we know teenagers need to be independent and they need to find their own path, but that doesn't mean they do that solo. You know, right. They really need to do it with you. So there, yeah. so there is this whole push and this pull type thing that happens with the parent where they, where they're, they're, they're leaning in and then pulling away, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's one of the biggest struggles as a, as a parent is, you know, how do I know when I'm supposed to lean yeah. in with them and when oh, I just need definitely. to back off? Definitely. Because yeah. even if a real, real intention, right, I, I want to I want to help you feel like you're capable. So I want to back off and let you navigate this, even if it's not perfect. But then uh, is this one of those times I need to lean in mm-hmm. or do I need to mm-hmm. give you space and let mm-hmm. you struggle with this? Mm-hmm. That's really, really hard to figure out. I think another aspect and what we'll get to that when I hold that thought is taking things they say and do personally. 
You know, I yeah. think that's a big struggle too, mm-hmm. is um, because may- maybe as a little kid, you can hear, you know, I mean, obviously if you don't want your little six or seven year old saying, I hate you, mm-hmm. but they might, and you just, it might hurt your feelings, but you kind of go, I mean, the six or seven year old really doesn't even know what that means. But man, if a 15 or 16 year old says it, <laughs> ouch, it seems like they know what it means and they just said that, you know? Yeah. And so it's a lot harder, I think in those teenage years to say what they say to you and, and, and not take it personal, not let mm-hmm. it really impact the relationship mm-hmm. to where then you want to pull away to just be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard to remember much like you said six or seven, but I think yeah. of that two, three and four year old mm-hmm, age mm-hmm. where there's a lot of emotional turmoil yeah. going on mm-hmm. and they really don't have a, a good handle on the emotion. They're riding these big waves that are going on in their brain and they really we can't expect them. And the skill is not there. So we kind of expect that. And then there's this quiet, this quieter phase mm-hmm, that can happen. Mm-hmm. I'll say quieter. It's not quiet. But we have to remember that teens are also going through so much in their brain. Their brain is working really, really hard and it's developing and it's changing and it's pruning and a lot's going on. And so they're again riding those rough seas. And to try to be there with them, it's really hard not to take it personal. It's really mm-hmm. hard to go, okay this is really hard for them and I need to, I need to help them. I still need to help regulate and love them and not take it personal. Like I would when they're little or so much easier when they're little than when they're big. And well, I think you go back to a great point. Okay. So one of the keys is you're saying, well, how do I know when the, you know, lean in or, or pull back first. It starts with me. I've got to be in the space where I'm composed and mm-hmm. I'm regulated mm-hmm. a place where I'm able to be in my prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm able to be more open handed in that moment. And not to say you're going to do it perfect. It's not the goal. You and I sometimes right. lean in when we need to pull away. Sometimes we pull <laughs> yeah. away when we're we lean in. So it, yeah. we, we, we go through the same kind of thing. And I don't think the goal is to do it perfect. The uh-huh. goal is to attune to them. Yes. To get more Love and that. more attuned to them, mm-hmm. to know what each of your kids is really needing in that moment to where you can almost feel it. Like in that moment, typically that would be a moment when you would pull back, but you're like, I think they need me to push in. And that may look like they need you to be firm in that moment. Mm-hmm. Other times they may need you to pull back and just have open hands and just receive what they're saying. Right. Yeah. And just, and, and, and to almost just listen and have no response back other than just an empathetic you know, caring response, right? Yeah. But I think as you, through these teenage years, as you get used to those waves when they're up and down and you attune to them better because you're attuned to yourself, mm-hmm. you're attuned to what's going on in you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, is there a moment where I'm now reacting out of fear? So therefore I'm trying to control yeah. them or trying to shut them down or I, that really hurt my feelings. So now I'm trying to stop them. If I'm not attuned to me, then how can I be attuned to yeah. them? You know, I need to know my own story, the story that's guiding me in this moment before I then can be receptive to the story they are currently living. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like I, on the airplane, you got to put on your oxygen mask mm, before you put yes, on their good, oxygen totally. mask. Yes, good example. I need to make sure I'm taking yeah. care of me and I'm in a, I've got oxygen flowing. I'm yeah. doing well. I'm regulated. I'm in a space of feeling safe and loved. And then I'm better able to attune to them. I feel like, how can I attune? Well, take care of you. Yeah. That'll open the doors for attunement. Mm -hmm. And then I can go and read them better. And the other thing I think is also, we can play this guessing game, but sometimes 
just check in. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And just saying, yeah. I'm, I'm trying here. Yeah. I, I can't really tell if this is a place to move in or back yeah. off and you need yeah. your yeah. space. Yeah. I want you to know I want to be there with you. Yeah. And I'm here just to listen if you need listening, if you mm-hmm. just need to complain or I can help you brainstorm, you know, yeah. and just let them know that you're trying to find your way. Yeah. Even if you don't always get it right. I think they appreciate the honesty because well, they can that, feel it. That's a great example of the story because you might say something like, when I was a teenager and I was going through what you're going through, uh, I always wanted yeah. my parents to do X, Y, and Z. And that's why I did that. Did you find that helpful? Or, yeah. or is that what you wanted? And you might know, say, no, I don't want that. I, oh, so you're not me. That's a good mm-hmm. thing to know. Mm-hmm. So just because- They appreciate that. Yes, just because I liked that. And then of course it helps give the kid context because yeah. the kid might be like, why do you keep doing that? I don't like you it. I never, yes, me? but it's because, <laughs> oh, it helped you. Oh, that makes sense. But it doesn't help me because each of us have different personalities. So, it, but it, it may be the case that it helped you and will help them. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but lots of times it is, there is a little more nuance to it that, that maybe the way your parents helped you in that moment, it may look the same, but it might, might have a different feel to it. You know? Well, we have and different so, personalities. Yeah. What yeah. you need, even as adults, what you need in a given moment of mm-hmm. stress mm-hmm. or whatever is different than what I need. So yeah. they're the same way. Mm-hmm. So it, sometimes we just need to go to them and say, what do you need? Yeah. Is this what I'm thinking? Would that help? Yeah. And so I, I wrote down here that I think one of the most important things we're figuring out, okay, that it's helping me is mm-hmm. in these teenage years is to keep reminding myself that whatever's happening with us in our teenager, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. Yeah. As soon as I make it about me, then my story begins to trump their story. My reality overtakes their reality. And what a kid is needing, the reason why that's so important, remember, this isn't about you. These years, are it's so important because what they're actually needing is they are needing help in understanding these confusing waves they're going through. They're they're needing your help in understanding themselves and and trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Yeah. I mean, what a big question, right? I, I don't, if our listeners can tap into that confusion you have as a teenager, it's kind of confusing, you know? And you're in this stage of like still wanting the nurturing, but also wanting to go brave this new world. Yet yeah. thinking you're, mm-hmm. you you maybe don't, you maybe you won't succeed if you go do that and knowing you. So it is like this constant battle within yourself. And so really when you make it not about you, and instead make it about them, like their behavior, their feelings are about them, then you're able to help them better understand themselves and what they want to do with their life. And that's what they, that's the skill they need. They need to be able to self-reflect and, and actually listen to their bodies, yes. listen to yeah. what's going on inside of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of messages that kind of tell them not to just do what we say. Yeah. Don't listen to you. Yeah. But actually, they've they. If you got a teenager, we've got a few years, right? Mm-hmm, we do, mm-hmm. and we want to be there to help them actually tune into that. Yeah, because they're about to head out into a world where they need. That's a, an important skill. Yeah, and you want them to be able to talk that out with you, not yeah. just doing it in their room yeah. by themselves with their door closed. It's that transition know? to I'm definitely doing yeah. this alongside of you, yes. and I hope to yeah. be alongside well, of well, you. And going back to what you said is. I wrote down here, it's about being heard. I mean, I know we hear that a lot. Teenagers want to be heard. I think we all agree upon that. It's about being heard, but I think it's even more about learning how to hear them and for them to learn how to hear themselves. I love that. I love that. I wrote that that earlier this week. (laughs) Because it is very, (laughs) because we want, right? We do. We want to hear them. That's Mm -hmm. great. But how much more is it that they can hear what's going on inside of them yeah. and make sense of it. Cause mm-hmm. it's a lot of confusing. They just like you said earlier, where they're really scared, but they're also really excited. Yeah. Yeah. All of that's going on at once. Yeah. I, I kind of imagine it, that choppy sea and this little boats out on this choppy sea. 
And I think that's a, a, a now just teenagers are facing so much mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. all the social mm-hmm. stuff going on, mm-hmm. all the extracurricular, the sports or the mm-hmm. music or the whatever it might yeah. be, STEM class. Even all, unstable economic situations yes, and all that kind of stuff. They can yeah. hear mm-hmm. what's going on in the world. Yeah. We, you know, maybe weren't exposed much, but regardless yeah. of any of that, they're exposed to a lot of it. They know a lot of it. And there's so much that they're trying to deal with as well as my future, making plans and yeah. college or no college. There's all kinds of mixed messages out there. And so it's this choppy sea of life that they're on and they're this little boat. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so they they need you to be there. So, so I want to end, Sarah, with just these uh, these couple points of encouragement is I want every parent whether you have a teenager or don't, I want you to know something about teenagers is they actually want you to parent them. They want you to be their parent. They don't want to do this on their own. Even when they say they do, they actually Mm -hmm. don't want to. And they need to have hope that the relationship with you can be a positive one. They need to have hope because when it starts to get really conflictual, they will pull away and they will think, crap, this is how it has to be. It's just going to be bad. And lots of times parents will buy into that too. But this is just how the teenagers have to be. It's better for you and me if we just are apart. So I want you to take a moment and imagine what the relationship could be like. How could the relationship look if you had a healthy relationship where you're both listening and hearing each other and and co-creating a new new relationship during these teenage years Mm -hmm. that you really do have more say and influence than you think you do? I know it seems like you don't. It seems like they're not listening, but they are listening and they are taking it all in. And your words mean more to them than you ever will know. So I hope you take advantage of the course that we have. Um, if you want more information on this and really get even more equipped for these teenage years, because it is a challenge and we want to do all we can to offer you help during that. You know, And if this is really helpful, please share this podcast, like it, send it to friends. Um, we really hope we're creating a lot of value for you as a listener to help you create the home and family that you dream to have. Mm-hmm. All right. And I hope you all had a Happy Mother's Day. I wanted to say that one more time and just uh, have a fantastic week this week and go love on your teenager. Go towards it with hope and courage that this relationship can be different. We appreciate you. And if you don't have a teen, now's a great time to be laying that foundation for those teen years to come because what you lay down now will come back in the teen years. So it's a great opportunity to to imagine, like you said, imagine what you want it to be and, and work towards that goal. We appreciate you guys listening as always. The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only.